0: If you're a teenage athlete, you, your muscles are sort of the equivalent of filet mignon. And you've got you know really <clears throat> tissues that are pliable, that, that move around, that are squishy, that, that kind of do what you want them to do and don't get as sore. Whereas as you get older, your tissues, instead of being like filet mignon, are a little bit closer to like beef jerky. Hey, welcome to episode thirteen of the Fit Life Formula Podcast. My name is Brian Sippitz. I'm the founder and CEO of Advantage Strength and Conditioning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, the, the Fit Life Formula Podcast is for the members of Advantage Strength and anybody else who's interested in pursuing a life of activity uh, and things where you can move and play and have fun all the way till your choice when you choose to stop, rather than you know letting your physical conditioning cause you or lead you to stop. So. We are uh, excited today to have our guest, Greg Roskavensky on. Uh, He's a big guy with a big last name. He's also uh, an extraordinary physical therapist and uh, a a good friend of mine. So, Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today because it came up. It literally came up in conversation last week uh, in sort of a a stretching. We're we're doing a lot more foam rolling pre-session now. And I think it's something that people kind of do on their own, uh, but they just sort of hit their favorite spots and and uh, maybe don't do the most thorough job. So now we're doing we're doing it as a part of our warm up. We take five minutes and foam roll together as a group. And I wanted to to have you on today as as more of the expert to talk about the the value of foam rolling and and why we do it. And so um, right before we get into that, I just want to say like. My uh, relationship with Greg has been really cool, and uh, ever since the day I don't know five six years ago when he came lumbering into the into old Advantage, when we were at our old location, and uh, Greg was working with a mutual friend of ours, and he he just kind of came back because he's interested in strength and conditioning, interested in the the training side of things, even though he's a physical therapist. And um, you know, we started talking, and and right then, I knew that you know Greg was going to be a guy that we could go to for a lot of our, you know, for a lot of our higher level problems, things that are above my pay grade, things that I need answers for. And and uh, so yeah, Greg has his own, he, he works at the University of Michigan at the med rehab clinic and also has his own cash based business. And um, so has been a tremendous help for us here in terms of if I don't know the answer, I, I immediately ask Greg or seek out Greg. So thank you for filling that role first and uh, you know, Talk a little bit about, I don't know, I guess talk a little bit about your experience in terms of, in terms of training, in terms of sports and um, how you, how you ended up being a PT in the first place.
1: Sure. Um, I was one of those ex-athletes turned physical therapists. I injured my knee playing high school football, uh, tore my ACL, had surgery, missed the basketball season and then had to come back from those, uh, those pitfalls to to come back from my senior year of high school and, and play a year or two in college before another couple surgeries derailed my career. Um, but then it got me into the training and the the rehab side of things and realized how much I really enjoyed that. And I want to be that light for someone else that, that some of my old PTs, athletic trainers were for me way back when I was a, uh, you know, just a, a young a young gay, a guy trying to get through each day of class and each day of school.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and now obviously the population you work with the most are people recovering from surgeries, so kind of a perfect spot for you.
1: Yeah, it was a good, a good gig. I like it.
0: And so let's, let's talk about foam rolling. It's, um, you know, if you're not familiar, foam rolling is what we're talking about is, you know, most places you go now, even target, uh, you'll find in the fitness section, a three foot long, um, you know, foam tube, um, that's used as the, you know, the fancy word would be self myofascial release, but really we're talking about kind of a poor man's massage. And basically, the the use of the roller is to be like a rolling pin and and kind of go over the tissues, and it feels a little bit like a massage. But it came up in a warm up the other day. Why do we do this? Like, why do we need to? Why do we need to do this for for five minutes before we get going? And it occurred to me it might be a good podcast episode. So, um, Greg, tell us a little bit about the theory behind foam rolling and and sort of why it's useful for for our population
1: sure um foam rolling is a, a good thing for us to do especially pre-workout and the reason that we do it pre-workout is the the research has shown that we get a nice acute or short-term improvement in range of motion and a short-term improvement in muscle stiffness and when we combine those two things with a good warm-up to get the body temperature warmed up get the muscles moving a little bit more um, it will lead us to a more Ability to be efficient with our movements and our workouts.
0: So hang on just a second. I want to to pause you real quick. You said improvement in muscle stiffness. Does that mean the muscles get stiffer or the muscles get looser?
1: They get looser. They allow the joint to go through a more range of motion.
0: Okay. And so what's the, what's the mechanism there? Like what's actually happening?
1: Uh, It's a lot of science-y type stuff. If you're really digging into it. Um, but basically, the, the massage, i got to plug my computer in here. Um, the self-massage that you're doing with the foam roll sends a sensory input into the brain, and the brain's response is to decrease the overall stiffness of the muscles, or the tone of the muscles, as we would call it in physical therapy, which will allow you to, to do that. It allows you to get more range of motion. Um, the benefits are body-wide. There's research to show that foam rolling of one hamstring Leads to improvements in range of motion in the other hamstring and even as far away as the upper body. So, a good foam rolling session basically does its job to modulate the nervous system in order to decrease the amount of resting tone that we have in our muscles.
0: So, is this something that's going to help us if, let's say, you know, let's say you're just getting back into training or you're just, uh, you know, you had a really hard training, a particularly hard training session and you're sore is this going to help us like with muscle soreness and things like that
1: it does yeah that's one of the the really good uses for it um one of its best uses especially you know in the the days after exercise and when you might be pretty sore after you beat yourself up at the gym is that there's an acute decrease in doms which is delayed outside muscle soreness and um there's a there's a test that we use basically the, the threshold of pain. They basically poke you with a needle until you feel pain. Um, and when they research, they use, they, they do foam rolling, they they test you for pain threshold prior to foam rolling and after foam rolling and your pain threshold actually improves after foam rolling.
0: I see. So it's sort of not a deadening of the nervous system, but just uh, kind of an all around stimulation of the nervous system. So you have a lot more going on. I imagine. Exactly. Okay. Cool. And, you know, in terms of like, in terms of tissue and tissue health, I think the way that I've heard it uh, put a lot is, you know, as you get older or let's say if you're a teenage athlete, you, your muscles are sort of the equivalent of filet mignon and you've got, you know, really tissues that are pliable, that, that move around, that are squishy, that, that kind of do what you want them to do and don't get as sore. Whereas as you get older, your tissues instead of being like filet mignon are a little bit closer to like beef jerky where the Mm. tissue starts to get dehydrated. Um, it's not as, it's not as stretchy. It's not as pliable. So instead of think of it, instead of being like a nice warm saltwater taffy that's been in your car in the summer, you've got, uh, the saltwater taffy that's been in the, in the freezer. (laughs) So, you know, just to picture it that way and then picture the foam rolling as, just a way of sort of ironing out or like rolling out dough. And so the older you get, it's actually more and more important to, to have this practice, which is why we kind of do it at the beginning of our sessions.
1: Yeah. I was just reading anatomy trains this morning, preparing for this podcast. And one of the big things that Thomas Myers talks about is the hydration of the muscles and the foam roll actually pushes fluid in and out of the muscles. So when there's pressure on the particular part of the muscle that the roller is on, it pushes fluid out. And then as you roll over that spot, the fluid comes back into the cells and the muscles afterwards. Um, and his theory is that that water moving is a good thing. So fluid moving is a good thing. And that that pressure, the hydrostatic pressure of the water moving in and out of the cells with foam rolling is one of the big um, one of the big things that they do it for. Essentially it is to to move the hydration up and down the muscle to try to to um,
0: perforate the muscle with more fluid and it allows the muscles to be more flexible well, that brings up a good point i mean is our job or is our goal if we're doing a foam roll for warm up is our goal to find those areas that are tight or seem like knotted up and and sort of sit on those or we usually call it you know letting yourself melt over the foam roller if you find mm-hmm. that if you find that spot that gives you a little bit of a jump is our goal to kind of give the whole body a once over. Like we were talking about, you know, modulating the nervous system and, and, you know, getting that effect, or is our goal to find a sore spot and, and sit on it and see if we can get it to release.
1: I would, I would say there's, there's, there's a two goal. So, you want to, a, a once over is always a good thing just to allow your, your system to warm up nicely, you get that massage over all the body muscles. And then you're going to come into your formal warm up and, and get the body more warmed up, um, get body, body temperature rise, and get your heart rate going and get ready for the workout. And then, if you have some problem spots, there's, there's no harm in, in working those problem spots. Um, say the piriformis is one that people get dig into a lot with lacrosse balls and foam rolls. Um, so there's definitely no harm in giving a little bit of extra attention to those areas prior to the warm-up. And I like to do those more in my my non-exercise session time. So when I'm at home lying on the couch or watching TV at night, hop on the foam roller and give some extra attention to some of those areas that that I need.
0: When well, you mentioned something kind of interesting there too, you said a lacrosse ball or a foam roller. So you know the the comparison there would be if you if you were to go and have a massage, the foam roll is like the equivalent of the massage therapist using their whole forearm and sort of big broad strokes with the outside of their forearm all the way up your let's say the back of your leg, which has its benefits um but if you have an area or a spot that's particularly sore or or you know seems to be um you know, Knotted up or whatever, you might have better luck with a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball, which would be more like a massage therapist putting their elbow on that spot. It's just a little bit more targeted. Um, it's not like the broad sweeping strokes, but it does target the area that you need a little bit better.
1: Sure, because it's smaller, you can get into smaller areas. Um, you can also use it with your hand. You don't have to initially sit on it. You can roll the bottom of your foot. You can kind of sit on it, get it down into those deeper tissues of your butt that you're not going to get to with a foam roll.
0: And, and so you, you mentioned Thomas Myers and anatomy trains and the, the, it's an incredible book and sort of like was groundbreaking at the time. Um, but I think there's a lot to talk about here because sometimes you as a physical therapist, I'm sure see this a ton where someone's, uh, you know, calf might hurt and you start looking at their shoulder, right. And because there might be a limitation at the shoulder, but, but the whole theory behind anatomy trains is that there's these lines of tissue that run around your body and basically that all of the tissue in your body is is connected if you think of the if you think of a leg like let's say the back of your leg you've got your calf and then your hamstring and then your your butt and then your, your your low back your shoulder blade all that you all the way up the back of your body it's not that those are separate compartmentalized muscles they are to a certain extent but the tissue at the end of those muscles is all connected right so your calf is connected to your hamstring is connected to your glute is connected to and on up the chain. And so that's an important thing to remember as you're thinking of this foam rolling thing is if you have tightness, well, Greg, I'll let you talk about this since you're the, you're the guy here. What if, if I feel tightness in my, in my, let's say the bottom of my foot, I have plantar fasciitis or or whatever it might be. Why would I be rolling the rest of my body? Why would I roll the back of my leg? Sure.
1: So, like you said, there, there's these compartments. You know, it's called fascia, or fascia. Some people might call it
0: fascia. That's a fancy-sounding way to say it. <laughs> the correct way of saying it. Is. Really? Oh man, I'm a fascia guy.
1: I can look it up. I guess. <laughs> um, but everything's connected, and, and fascia is within the muscles and it surrounds the muscles. And when muscles cross paths, like the hamstrings and the calves do behind the knees, or the, the Achilles does with the, the calf, the soleus, you know, comes down and connects through the bottom of the foot. All those those tissues are interconnected. So if we dissected someone who was freshly deceased, we could basically cut their tissues, say, take their hamstring, their calves, and they would all have a connection to them, all the way up to you know, the top of the head. Um, so sometimes when you have plantar fasciitis and, and the treatment for it, a lot of times is to you know roll the bottom of the foot, roll the calves, stretch the calves, stuff like that. You're you're trying to loosen the entire system in areas above or below the injury in the foot, you don't go much below, but say it was a calf injury, you could roll the bottom of your foot and your hamstring and it would alleviate pressure, alleviate tension from the calf muscle itself.
0: Yeah, so because everything's connected, you can you know, and think of pain, a pain in an area or or extra tension on a tissue is causing that pain. So when you have extra tension on a certain area of your tissue, you can give that some slack above and below the area that you're, you know, that you're having pain in. And by giving some, some tension or by giving some length, you're taking tension off of that area. So this can be a good way to reduce pain, but also, um, you know, bring your tissue length back to a point where you won't have the pain at at that, like at that site again. Um, how long does that usually take? I mean, is that, is that a, a immediate process or is that like a,
1: yeah, you know, it's a good question. It can be so some people will have, will take longer and some people will take shorter. There's always a, a bell curve of people where you know most people do better in a few weeks and some people get better right away and some people won't get better you know for a long time you know, within that bell curve. Um, but the, the the acute effects of rolling and foam rolling, you know they, they really last for about ten to thirty minutes depending on the research that you read um so by rolling out followed by stretching and a good warm up you can make those those results last a little bit longer um so there is an acute improvement to it and then the the long term implications of continuing to roll and continuing to stretch and warm up and work out you know create the long term effects that we're searching for
0: cool and you know one other thing that that we can touch on so we talk about let's talk about muscle injury right so let's say you have like a, a pulled hamstring or like a you know, some muscle soreness, a lot of times it'll happen in the glute or something like that, like up in your butt cheek and you have a pull or some pain there. Talk about sort of uh, tissue remodeling and, and you know, when you have an, an injury, a muscle injury or a tissue injury that heals, you know, kind of the things that can happen there and, and what foam rolling can do for that.
1: Sure. So you, you say you have a, a specific acute injury, you go out for a, a run and you, you injure your hamstring or you injure your calf Um, You're going to go through the inflammation process regardless of, you know, when or where, how happens. Your body's always going to go through that inflammation process. Um, And then our tissue is going to remodel for upwards of two years. So, you know, you don't necessarily want to crush yourself right after an injury. You want to let yourself heal a little bit, let the inflammation process take place. But after that, you know, first few days of getting on a foam roll, getting into a little bit of light stretching, stuff like that is going to help remodel that tissue. And, and what I mean by remodel that tissue is injured tissue doesn't heal the way it was originally designed. No, normal muscles tend to be very parallel in nature; their all their muscle fibers are parallel. And when you injure yourself, that site of injury where scar tissue will form is part of the normal healing process scar tissue is a little bit more haphazard it's not as organized as the normal muscle tissue and thus doesn't have the same potential for tensile strength that it used to have Um, so things like foam rolling self-massage stretching mobility work basically works to try to realign those fibers as best as we possibly can Um, and that's where some of the the research in the tool assisted massage which is basically a, a little bit more specific version of foam rolling or or self massage kind of come into place where they've shown in animal models that they can actually remodel that tissue so that those fibers realign a lot better than in animals that didn't have that same, same treatment method.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying, if, if, you know, I have an injury in my hamstring, the site of that injury is going to heal and not necessarily be as kind of stretchy or springy as muscle would typically be. It's going to be more, well you feel a knot right like yeah, i think everybody's pretty familiar with the the feeling of scar tissue in a knot and you know you want to kind of massage that out but the whole the whole goal of foam rolling and and that self tissue work is is to realign those and make it a little bit more like muscle that's what you're talking about with this exactly yep yeah. okay. And try
1: to gain some of that tensile strength. Hamstrings specifically, since we mentioned it, don't, you, you, when you see like sprinters or hockey players or, or, you know, people who tend to injure hamstrings that people injure the same hamstring repeatedly, <laughs> you know, throughout their life, it seems like every time they go out for a sprint or mid season, you know, you see the same NFL players that tear their hamstring, tear the hamstring two or three more times in their careers. So the hamstrings are really notorious for that kind of thing where, you know, they, they, without the, the appropriate attention, they might not heal fully. And then when you go out to, to pursue the demands of the, the sport or the, the training process that you want to go through, it just can't tolerate that, that need for tensile strength that it used to have. Yeah.
0: Well, I've also heard cases where, you know, let's say, let's stick with a hamstring, just picture, um, you know, a big knot right where you had an injury before. I've also heard cases where because the injury was fully healed and it was healed essentially with scar tissue, it's, it's tougher. It's kind of this cross pattern, you know, think of, uh, just this tangled web of tissue. So it doesn't open and close or, or, you know, slide in series like a muscle would. Mm -hmm. So what happens there is it's, it's not, it doesn't move as well. And, And I've heard of cases where there's injury above and below. So you don't have one hamstring pull. The next injury after that injury heals might be a little bit of uh, a pull below and above that injury because that's the actual muscle tissue. The, the site of the original injury heals strong, but now it messes with the mechanics of the muscle. A good way to think of that is, you know, if you have a, uh, say, say you uh, take a you know, a thing of pantyhose or stretchy pants or whatever. And you, you lay them out like a, like a hamstring muscle would. And let's say you take a piece of duct tape and you put a duct tape on the front and back of that. And then if you pick it up, pick up the whole thing, you know, the, the stretchy pants with the piece of duct tape in the middle, and you give that a pull, a little stretch with each hand you know you're gonna get a strange there's gonna be lines of pull in there that are not normal um, that are not typical and it's not even you'll get kind of these you know extra pull around the corners of the duct tape and that's what we're talking about is that's why people who injure their hamstrings are more prone to injure again you might it might not be the exact same injury but very close to the injury site because that's not normal tissue anymore
1: sure. have you tried that with your panties
0: I have not <laughs> I prefer not to waste them on that you know you put duct tape on it.
1: It's so easy to go bad.
0: Um, yeah, but I, and, and to get back to the original point here, foam rolling, when we talk about, you know, tissue remodeling, it just tends to line up those tissues a little bit more. So instead of having tissue, scar tissue that crosses each other and, and weaves in and out of each other and really it's kind of like a snarly sort of tissue, you kind of line it up in nice, even, straight lines again so it can function as a muscle would function. Um, all right. Are we missing anything else on this foam rolling thing? Oh, how about before or after what's more important?
1: Um, both. I like them both. Um, you know, if you're into self care, doing it in your free time is a really great thing, especially for those, you know, those nasty spots that you might find. Um, but most of the effects of foam rolling are going to be a great pre-workout thing. Um, just because they're going to help improve your range of motion acutely for the, for the workout that you're about to do. They're going to help decrease the tone in the muscles for the workout that you're about to do. Um, because most of the, the big effects from foam rolling will only really last somewhere between 10 and 30 minutes if you don't do anything else. So if you just foam rolled and we tested your range of motion, you'd have improved range of motion for between 10 and 30 minutes.
0: Okay. Um, so, so by doing it before you're just putting yourself in a better position to be able to perform the workout with good range of the motion and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Okay. What's the benefit to doing it after?
1: Just to work on the, the, those problem spots you have. Most of us, if you, if you spent any sort of time on the foam roll, we'll sort of gravitate towards the backside, get in the glutes, because that's where you feel a lot of, you know, maybe discomfort with the foam roll. Um, and that's where I, you know, I use it at home just to, to sit on it, work those muscles out, do a little bit of stretching, uh, just, you know, just to help out some of the nagging aches and pains that I've had accumulate through my, my lifetime here.
0: Isn't it funny physical therapists get hurt too? It's like That's you guys nice. aren't you guys aren't immune to it.
1: That's why we're all physical therapists. <laughs>
0: That's the problem is that you know exactly what's going on and um know how exactly how long it's gonna take to heal and all of that. So
1: yeah, you definitely have to start appreciating healing times once you hurt yourself a little bit more than you do with your patients. Like, why aren't you getting better already? And then you're your own shoulder, and it's like nine months later, you're done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> empathy. It's an exercise in empathy. It sure is. Um all right well, this has been awesome i I think you know in the interest of extending your active lifespan in terms of you know if you want to be active in your sixties seventies eighties, this stuff becomes much more important it's It's like you know giving yourself a massage daily or a couple times a week, which can keep your tissues better, which keeps you free from injury, which keeps you excited about going out and doing the things that you want to do. So this foam rolling thing is is really important. We we tend not to spend time on things that are not important here in the gym, and so um, this is something that has made the list as being very important. So we do it for a reason. It's to keep you moving well, keep you healthy through your workout, and after that, um, and keep you moving really well. So Greg, any, uh, any final final thoughts on this?
1: I think we did a pretty good coverage there. What goes on with
0: it? I thought it was fantastic actually. Yeah. Better than you're a great moderator. Um, all right. So that's all for today's episode of the fit life formula podcast. Greg, thank you so much for coming on with us and, uh, spending a little time. Greg, by the way, is joining us as his, uh, young son is napping. So thank you so much. I know how valuable that nap time is. So, um, Appreciate that. Until next time, guys, make sure you are training smart and follow the Fit Life Formula podcast. Three days a week of something you love to do, two days a week of strength training, and one day or one workout a week that just sucks. Um, we'll talk to you next time, guys. Have a great week. We're looking forward to the next one.